when did you start feeling unhappy in your marriage? Um, the day after I got married. <laughs> Welcome to the Egg Factory. I'm Shara. And I'm Diane. And this is our fourth Egg Factory episode. We've been popping them out for a month, <laughs> and we're really excited about this one. This week, our guest is Sylvia Wasmer. She's an admin in the material science and engineering department at Stanford, which is where I met her. And today we talked with her about her marriage of 27 years and how it ended. So, because like this is a podcast about women and like being a woman. And, and we were asking other people like what did it feel like you could be when you were young? Like what were people telling you that you could be or that you wanted to do? Or did your parents care or anything? Um, I think everybody wanted to be a wife and mother. Mm. Those were the days of Leave it to Beaver and, uh, you know, all the shows like um, where the mother stays home and has a pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and, and her kids are all, you know... You know, they come home and they have their cookies and milk and everything's so happy. And and your husband comes home with his briefcase and his suit and his hat. Yeah. <laughs> and life is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But funny thing is that, you know, as I've grown older and I've learned about it, those people, those women weren't happy after all. You know, <laughs> they were very unhappy. I got an email from you last week, Sylvia, and I noticed that it's no longer from Sylvia Paris. That's right. It's Sylvia Wasmer now. Cool. I, I took my maiden name back, which I'm really happy about. It was awesome. a process. Yeah, it was a process. But um, it's hard because um, I keep saying Sylvia Paris. How long have you been Sylvia Paris? That's, it's really funny. I've been exactly half my life. Okay, so I'm 57 years old, and I was for... 28 years or so, I was Sylvia Wasmer. And for the rest of my life, I was Sylvia Paris. And now I'm going back to Sylvia Wasmer. Oh, my goodness. How does it make you feel that you finally got to change back to your maiden name? Well, um, I never really felt it was my name anyway. You know, and especially after the divorce, I really, I didn't like the name anymore. Although it's my kid's name, but I didn't, I didn't identify with it anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I changed it. When you took the name Paris, did you identify with it? Yes, because in those days, women, uh, it's changed a lot. I notice that women don't necessarily take on their husband's names anymore. In those days, it was something that was almost like a rite of passage. It made you feel proud. It made you now be the married woman that you always thought you wanted to be as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, the big wedding and all that and being a Mrs. something. That was really important. I couldn't wait to get change my name. Hmm. But uh, uh, if I ever had to do it again, like if I were to ever get married again, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I would never change my name again. I keep my name. That's who I am. Yeah. You know, that's that's who I've always been. Yeah. So how long were you married? Um, well, we were together for about 32 years, and we were married for about 27. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. How did you guys meet? Well, um... I was. I just left the airlines. Um, I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, and I came back to San Francisco because this is where my home is. And I what was, year is it? This is 1980. Okay. And so I came back to San Francisco, and I w- had a doctor's appointment in um, Millbrae or Burlingame, 
and I was going up to my appointment. I saw this really, really handsome guy with um, with a green Porsche, mm. you know, metallic Ooh. green. Really and he smiled at me. And, <laughs> and I smiled at him, and I went up to my appointment, and I was gone for about an hour and a half. And I came back, and he was still there waiting. <gasps> so I got in my car, my little yellow bug, mm-hmm. started to drive away, <laughs> and he started, like, to... Sing, signal me down like he had the the trunk open or something I guess to make it look like there was some he had a car problem mm-hmm. and he signaled me down and said are you married or dating anybody and I said <laughs> that was the first question he asked yeah, you yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and I said no and he goes would you like to go out to dinner and that's how it started wow I have never ever encountered a, a man like that yeah. Well, now you know. Yeah. Don't go out with them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any like hesitation at the time, or no, were you really, really good looking? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was immediately attracted to him. Yeah. You know how when you see somebody, you go, "Wow." Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And not to mention the Porsche didn't, you know, that helped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was super attracted to you too, right away. So. Yeah. When did like your when did you start feeling unhappy in your marriage? Um, the day after I got married. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's uh, pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> well, not well. Yeah, it's actually kind of true because it was sort of a, a um, the circumstances were that way. You know, it was the way I got married. That's mm-hmm. what 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 made it bad. How did you get <clears throat> married? Well, I was we were engaged and I was we were going to had a date set. It was October 8th, I think 1985 was the date. Mm-hmm. And then um you know like a month before the wedding, um when I was about to send out the invitations, he said he didn't want to go through with it. <sighs> oh no. So um you know that that was just devastated me. You know I'd already spent 5 years with this guy. Mhm. So um, that was it. That was the end. And, you know, I was pretty devastated about that. And, um, you know, of course, my family wanted nothing to do with that person and ever to see his face again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, anyway, I little by little, we were talking and so on, so on and so on. And then when I say the, the little accident, you mm-hmm. know, I, I got pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. When I was five months pregnant, we decided to get married. You know, but it wasn't going to be the church wedding anymore. It was going to be at Civil Hall, icky, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, that's what was our wedding. But the thing was, the only way I got him to marry me was to say that if once the baby was born, um, we'd get an annulment. Because so the, that way the baby could have a name. Mm-hmm. See? Uh. So that's how I went into it, knowing that he wanted to get an annulment, you know, yeah. after the baby was born. So um, anyway, we got married, and we didn't even live together when we were already married. I still lived in my apartment. And then eventually I moved into his home. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I think right, on, right before I was probably ready to pop. And I was always felt like, when was I going to be kicked out? You know, yeah. it was always in the back of my mind. So maybe it was my own fault it was my own fault. I should have just taken charge at that point, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I remember we had some neighbors, and, and we had just put in a new rug, and the little kids had all this mud on their feet, and they ran in the, in the, um, into the living room, mm. like kids do. Mm-hmm. 
And I started crying and freaking out because he would come home and see that dirt and I would get in trouble, you know. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> so we went, we all went and rented that machine to get the dirt out. Uh-huh. But anyway, I mean, that's the, the, how I lived, you know. Like you never felt at home. I never felt yeah. at home. And I, and I remember I used to like to listen to radio in the morning when I was getting ready and he would say, I don't want the radio. You know, the things like that, little yeah. things like that. I never felt welcome. Yeah. But you see, then we got pregnant again with a son. So by that time, I should have taken my place, right? Yeah. But I didn't. I never did. Feel like Mm -mm. what was stopping you? Uh, Just low self-esteem. You know, he was um, he was um, uh, verbally abusive to me. Yeah. 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 Like you just felt like like nothing. You didn't have the. I felt the honor. No, I felt I felt like um, like he he just treated me like I was like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like I was a nobody, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I started believing that about myself. Mm-hmm. So what helped you get the nerve to leave eventually? Well, it was something that, um, just, I don't know. It was something I'm just, I'm surprised I didn't do it sooner. Really? Mm-hmm. I really am surprised I didn't do it sooner. You know, as a matter of fact, it probably would have been better had I done it when the kids were small but it's very frightening. Yeah, you know, I imagine. You know, um, to just get up and, you know, change your life like that and then have mm-hmm. to be a single mother. I mean, that's very frightening. Mm-hmm. So I put up with it all because I was afraid. Yeah. And I was afraid of disrupting everything. How long ago did you get divorced and was that a hard decision? Well, it was only about two years ago, but we were separated since I was, um, for actually seven years. Mm. Yeah, separated for that long, but the divorce never, you know, happened because there's a lot of little things going on, you know, um, like, like he wanted me to live in the house. So in the end he could rip me off and say that he paid for everything, you know, those little things, you know, mm-hmm. little things that come with that. So, <laughs> Jeez. Did you move out? I guess it's like, there's a lot of little caveats and laws and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It is. It's, it's tough. Divorce is tough. Yeah. You know, but not only just the logistics and, you know, the the splitting of assets and all that stuff. It's an emotional split. You know, it's it's a feeling of failure, too. Mm-hmm. I go out and I see all these couples, older couples, right? Mm-hmm. And they're together. And I think to myself, boy, I blew that one. You know, <laughs> I never thought that I'd be my age now and be alone. Yeah. I never thought that. Yeah. You know, I thought I was, you know, you get married and everything's happily ever after. You know, and then and you grow old together. You retire together. That you get an empty nest syndrome with your kids leave, but you then you decide and reconnect with each other, and everything's wonderful. You do all the traveling. It's all set. Mm-hmm. You know, and those expectations, you know, are there, and then they're all gone, yeah. just like in a flash. Everything you had hoped and and thought was going to happen in your life is no longer. But actually, the truth of the matter is. Nothing usually is the way you plan it to be. No matter what you plan, something always changes your Mm -hmm. course. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it interesting. Because this has been the biggest struggle I've had to face in my life right now, my Mm -hmm. life now. And I still haven't uh, conquered it. Yeah. What are, like, the specifics of this struggle? Uh, Self-esteem, energy. um, You know, I 
I'm, I'm not a per, I used to just, you know, be a go-getter, just go out there and get what I want. Now I just, I have no energy for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I give in to my, my sadnesses or my recklessnesses. Mm-hmm. I give in to those and I just allow myself to be there mm-hmm. and, and not do anything about it. And so I don't pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest struggle I'm going through right now. How long has that been going on? It's probably been going on, um, you know, ever since I separated because I found myself all alone, mm-hmm. you know, and, and on my own completely, not turning to any, not having to turn to anybody for help or anything, just do everything on my own, which in a way empowers me, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that I've done in those seven years, because it's been seven years, I, amazes me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. how much I've done, um, like stuff friends in Stanford University. Um, um, I was working as a teacher and making very minimum money. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have supported myself anyway. And I just, and I started Stanford. I had to learn everything from the beginning, you know, computers, everything. I didn't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, purchasing a home, um, doing my taxes, um, um, you know, setting up my home, you know, keeping keeping up with you know my kids and and staying in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I know what the secret is to come out of it. I need. I know what I need to do. Yeah. But I don't feel like it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do you, Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that you know what the secret is. That's yeah. I have the secret. I, and show. not only do I have the secret, I it's been proven to work in my life what's the secret (laughs) 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 well it's just the secret is to just you know focus on a goal and keep thinking about it and 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 just go for it don't let anything hold you back Mm -hmm. and and that's and and to be confident and and assured of yourself and 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 work towards that goal Mm -hmm. you know and that's really the secret Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do anything with that. Mm. You know, just focus. Yeah. What's your goal? My goal is to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd love to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe down the line find some sort of companion, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I, you know, that there's a possibility that love's in my life in the future. Mm-hmm. And just to be um, healthy and happy and that my ki- my kids do well. You know, mm-hmm. that's my biggest goal. I want them to be happy. You know, mm-hmm. that's funny because I'm not happy if they're not happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at all. And I worry about them all the time. The littlest things that they go through that hurt me and bother me, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, they could tell me from one day to the next something happened to them and I'm, and I'm sad and unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. want to solve it. Yeah. You know, that's how parents are. You yeah. know, it's a, sort of an unconditional love, you know, that you just, you just want them. I feel like if they were happy and everything was great, that I'd be okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. but they're adults, and I don't have to feel that way. I I, sh- I should just go on with my life, not worry about them so much. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> does that sound sad? Does that <laughs> yeah, sound sad? heavy. <laughs> but it's not a sad story. Mm-hmm. I know you're looking like I'm. I'm say, telling you a sad story, but it's not a sad story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a sad story. It's a happy story. I just it hasn't ended yet. Yeah. The story hasn't ended yet. It's still going on. Yeah. And I am going to pull myself out and, you know, 
I've proven to myself that I can do whatever I want and whatever I set my mind to. Yeah. I've proven that over and over again. Like I said, it's just that I don't feel like it right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking a break from it right now. Yeah. You know, it, that's all. Thanks for listening to our interview with Sylvia. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did talking to her. Thanks so much to Sylvia for sharing her story so candidly with us. Thanks also to Jamie Claxton for production help this week. And go check out the episode at our Tumblr, eggs4ears.tumblr.com. And that's a number four. Yep. And we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give it a review. You may be the first person ever to review it, so you could have that exciting experience (laughs) we really appreciate it and we're so excited to hear what you think and see you next week